0: Welcome, Snickets and Bamps, to the X-Men Comics Commentary Podcast, also known as Danger Room. You've got podcast. My name's Adam. My name is Jeremy. And before I totally screw this up, this is uh, Uncanny X-Men number 122. The uh, on-sale date was March 20th, 1979. The cover date is June 1979, and this one is titled Cry for the Children. Cry!
1: Sister how come, come to your brother how yeah. sister how shall with your brother hey. your
2: please won't somebody Cry for the children. Wasn't that uh, one of those "We Are the World" type songs? Cry for, cry for the cry children.
1: For the children.
2: <laughs> sure. <laughs> Why not? It was one of those all stars, superstar-studded songs. Michael Jackson was there. So was Lionel Richie,
0: Janet Jackson.
2: Oh, of course, yeah. Freddie Jackson. Sure, Jermaine. The rest of them, all of them. Um,
0: action jackson
2: i for those of you at home who are keeping score i have just entered uh the uncanny x-men volume four of marvel masterworks the score is adam five jeremy zero (laughs) so uh so there you go and and uh, i do have to say that uh the marvel masterworks volume four is thicker than one two and three but probably because it contains a, an annual inside of it. And it has a much larger introduction from, uh, I think this is Chris Claremont, but I can't tell.
0: I, I have the introduction in here too, but I don't, I'd have to dig around to figure
2: out where it is. Yes. introduction.
0: buried all their introductions v- through uh, essentially where they're divided.
2: Oh, okay. Oh yeah, it's right here.
0: Yeah, it's by, it says by
2: Chris Claremont. Yes. Harmony of Vision by Chris Claremont. I was looking at the signature and I'm like, well, whose signature is that? Does your not have the title? It does, but I was looking at the second page. Oh, okay. Way too much work to flip back to that first page. Gotcha. So there you go. Um, Yes, and on this cover, we have a Colossus who is pushing uh, a hydraulic vice apart.
0: Yeah, and the cover says, The Trial of Colossus. Clearly, something is going wrong with the Danger Room. Cyclops is in an upper room window, clearly shouting, don't break it!
2: <laughs> that thing is very expensive. I'll take it out of your allowance. Uh, Colossus's package is, is hanging out, if you, if you didn't notice that. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> little little heavy inking from, from Mr. Terry Austin there. Okay. Fascinating. <laughs> Wolverine is in the background, and he's just looking on. He has no package. Mm-hmm. Neither does Cyclops. Nope. This is all
0: Colossus hydraulic vice is what they're calling it on the cover
2: yes let's open it up uh chris claremont and john byrne are writing co-plotting and doing your breakdowns well i guess chris
1: Breakdown.
2: Chris claremont's probably not doing any breakdowns but we'll, we'll let that slide terry austin's doing the finished art which i guess would just be the inking Tom Orzachowski is lettering, Glynnis Ween is coloring, Roger Stern is editing, and Jim Shooter is the editor-in-chief. He's the man. And it is indeed called Cry for the Children. But before we cry for the children, we see Colossus stuck in like a box or something. Is he laying on his back here? I can't tell.
0: (laughs) Well, he's definitely not laying on his back because uh, the shadow clearly shows that if if he is lying on his back, he's... He's somehow only on his butt. So he would be balancing on his butt. <laughs> I guess maybe his legs are pre- it, it just doesn't work if he's lying down.
2: This shadow doesn't make any sense. It looks like if his legs were down by where the shadow was, it would be like a top-down perspective. But his legs are clearly walking towards us, but there's no leg shadow. There's just arms and, like, head and, and, and like, butt shadow, and that's it.
0: Well, the light is clearly coming from directly above and in front of him.
2: <laughs> okay, could be. It's it's not a very good shadow. No, it's terrible. Uh the the vice is pink or, or kind of a, a fuchsia, I guess, maybe. Yeah, kind of a purple <laughs> Yep. And uh Colossus is uh we're not he doesn't have an inner monologue, but um Chris Claremont is definitely waxing poetic here. Yeah, I skipped all this stuff. No, oh, well basically no, I'm just kidding. I didn't skip it. <laughs> <laughs> to summarize, he's talking about like how he's got a family and at age thirteen his powers emerged, but Then nothing was really, you know, different. He just worked out in the field, and then he joined the X Men, and and he's been doubtful about staying with the team. Uh, But uh, he he likes the X Men as much as his, or they're his second family, basically.
0: It's true. Uh, This is all stuff we already know. It is. So I could have just as well (laughs) skipped it. Cyclops says, uh, "Colossus says, Cyclops, I can't do it. I can't." I I cannot push this hydraulic press. I cannot uh, draw. I cannot uh, do any of the of the, the
2: letters. I cannot talk to girls. I cannot fight. I I do no good. Up in the booth, we see Cyclops and Wolverine, and they're they're. It doesn't make any sense. This isn't a physical problem, says Cyclops. He ran a medical check on uh, Colossus earlier today. He's he's not even trying. It's true. Well,
0: Wolverine knows what he's gonna do. He uh. And I didn't catch this the first time through. Uh, he, he, he he walks off panel, but before he does, he snicks into the bottom of the panel. Yes. And then we notice in the panel beneath it that he has shorted out the panel. Uh, not, not the comic book panel, <laughs> but
2: Cyclops' computer panel. The control panel. But during this whole sabotaging of the Danger Room control panel... Uh, Colossus is begging that Cyclops, please turn off the hydraulic press. I cannot hold these walls back much longer. There's also some dialogue between Cyclops and Wolverine about, like, um, Cyclops is basically like, well, how do we make him try harder? And Wolverine's like, well, if talking about your problems was as easy as you're making it sound, then maybe you'd be in better shape than you are. Ooh, death. Exactly. Cyclops just got burned. Now when
0: Wolverine opens the doors to the danger room on the next page, it looks like he's destroying the doors. He I think he is. So he like the danger room was basically locked and
2: he's yeah, smashing it open way. Well, really? I'm, I'm just realizing that now. Me too actually. I didn't realize that until you pointed it out. But yeah, it's like he he's pried the doors open and due to that stress, he's bent the doors. He crawls
0: into the hydraulic vice with colossus and colossus and he lights up a, a
2: cigarette mm-hmm. colossus freaks out
0: wolverine you cyclops shut off the machine
2: basically what wolverine's plan here is that like hey man i got an idea what's bugging you pal most of us were loners before we became x-men the team's kind of giving us a family we never had but you got family friends roots no law against being homesick. What's stupid is letting it cut tear up your guts.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Wolverine is a psychologist. I like the idea that Wolverine is getting Colossus to prove his metal, but I don't really like Wolverine as the therapist.
2: Eh, you know, but this is just um a precursor to the Wolverine that we'll end up knowing twenty or thirty years later.
0: Oh, I know, I know. Yeah. This is great character development for Wolverine. Right. Uh, like, this is something that our Wolverine would totally do. Exactly. I and mean, this is, like, one of the very first establishing scenes that sets up who Wolverine's character is. He gets in with people. Yeah. He gets in tight. <laughs> but, again, I just, the this whole therapy thing, It. I, I don't, maybe it's the dialogue, the uh, Chris Claremont dialogue in this particular instance.
2: Could be. I, I thought it worked a little bit. I mean, it's kind of, you know wolverine's character so far has been very you know one-dimensional and then all of a sudden now he's deep and he's got all these other things going on with him so they're really still just trying to settle in on him i think
0: well before all the fans write in i think it works too (laughs) and i like this scene uh,
2: anyhow Cyclops, uh, so Colossus is calling for Cyclops to turn the machine off, but Cyclops can't because the, the, the controls have been sabotaged. Face it, buddy. You either stop it or you're both going to be squashed. He doesn't say buddy. Well, I'm I'm kind of ad-libbing there. <laughs> In his mind, he said buddy. And so Colossus, he, I,
0: this is a weird panel because he doesn't really stop it so much as destroy it.
2: Yeah, so to Which me. Which I guess stops it. Well, it does. It does stop it. But the way the panel is drawn, it looks like so he pushed out the middle of the vice, but it looks like the top and the bottom is would still be pushing in on them.
0: I think whatever he did damaged the vice so much that it just stops moving.
2: Yeah, but it. I don't know. It just gets all bent and warped, which is kind of weird. But but it
0: is is weird. I would have preferred I don't know some some other way of him showing him opening. Like, pushing the vice back.
2: It should have been more drama. Like, it should have been, like, squeezing his arms in. Well, kind of like the Death Star scene when they're in the trash compactor. And then finally in this last panel, he could have, like, pushed it across and, and like, the vice breaks and it goes flying on either side of the wall. And it's like, yep, Colossus, he's he's got his mojo back.
0: At any rate, Wolverine's very excited. And he says, way to go, Rusky. <laughs> I
2: I did it? Yep. Now I'm good at drawing and talking to girls. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Darn. That'll take time, buddy. So Colossus does admit that, uh, well, he does say, everything I try lately seemed to go wrong. So I thought perhaps it's better to try nothing, to give up. See so, you now that makes sense. That's why the therapy thing doesn't
0: work for me really because wolverine's talking about how oh i think it all has to do with your family Mm -hmm. and how you know it's all related to your family and how we're we're your second family but we're not your real family but no goss is really just feeling bad about himself
2: okay i didn't even catch that okay
0: so that's that's what bugs me so wolverine not not the scene the scene is good
2: so wolverine was just way off is what what you're saying (laughs) he's just
0: a terrible
2: (laughs) (laughs) look i can respect that sorry dude i thought i knew what was wrong with you. <laughs> you can't argue with the results though hiya psych worry about us so uh cyclops hands it hands a toolkit over to wolverine and says that you have to fix this thing now <laughs> could be
0: but first you're going to what, what was our uh corsair voice
2: corsair hey you i'm hey. corsair oh that's
0: right <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my new Cyclops voice.
2: Oh, the Corsair voice.
0: Yes, since Cyclops has met Corsair, he's he's now trying to adopt his persona.
2: Makes sense because you know he's he's always like uh, flirting with any new lady that comes by. Right, that's true. Hey, I wonder what Colleen Wing is up to. Maybe I'll <laughs> well, find out in a couple panels. In... Yeah. First, you're gonna have to replace Mister Fixit. I don't understand that. But first, you're going to replace
0: Mister Fix-it. Uh, yeah, that's I, I don't get it that either. Maybe that's. I want what, the press cycled into the repair shop and the main control panel rewired.
2: Maybe that's what they call the machine. <laughs> Mister Fix-it. <laughs> Just <it>. called Mister <laughs> Fix-it. Hmm. But then Wolverine reverts back to his seventeen-year-old self and says, well, "That'll take hours. <laughs> oh, I was gonna head out into Shashi Station get some power converters. I, I mean, into city this afternoon." Yeah, you're totally right. <laughs> <laughs> that work real
0: fast if I were you. Come on, classes. Enjoy yourself, Wolverine.
2: There's even like a little little stormy stink cloud above <laughs> like <Yeah>. Wolverine's
1: head. <laughs>
2: wah, wah, wah. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> uh, you were very hard on him, comrade.
0: I know. I applaud what he did, Peter, but
2: his methods could have gotten you both killed. <gasps> There's Colleen Wing. Hello,
1: sailor. You new in town?
2: Hi yourself, Colleen. Maybe now.
1: <laughs> what happened in there? I felt the whole building shake.
0: Well let me show you. I mean <laughs> I mean uh just, just the usual fun and games, X Men style.
2: We get a call back to the crazy fight with the living monolith, circa iron fist number fifty seven. Yeah,
0: either the X Men are taking a day off.
2: Yep. They've deserved it, Adam.
0: Yeah having to fight the living monolith along having to deal with luke cage and
2: although some like, day off i mean cyclops <laughs> has to go to the uh the phone phone company i guess to get the phone turned back on we switch our attention to the hangar where banshee and nightcrawler are trying to fix the blackbird for some reason banshee this is cyclops saints above Kurt, the blackbird's been mothballed just like cerebro and the mansion as if the professor never intended to use it again hmm mystery and then for some reason he says to nightcrawler teleport over and answer the phone will you Kurt? there's a good lad okay that's (laughs) what i'm the only thing i'm good at (laughs) that's my power i I teleport (laughs) (laughs) yeah so and he makes a little x-wing restorations joke here and it's not very good what can I can i do for you fearless leader That's what I like, Nightcrawler, a man who's happy in his work. How's it going? How's it hanging, even? How's it hanging? (laughs) Slowly, I'm afraid. Conditions here are as bad as we found in the house. What do you think happened? Now, what does that mean, as bad as we found in the house? Like, there are some sheets over the furniture? Well, wasn't the house... Didn't they find
0: uh didn't Magneto go to the house and find it abandoned and trash it?
2: I don't think he trashed it. I think he just found it abandoned and then oh wait a minute. No, because the last time wait, I'm so confused. The last time these X-Men were in the mansion was when Mes- Mesmero kidnapped them. But in the meantime, Beast, Professor Xavier, and Jean Grey made it back to the mansion, so I'm sure they probably straightened up. Oh, okay. So Magneto may have trashed it, but they that was before. Yeah professor x got back so because they were they were living there for a little while and they're like well what should we do and lalandra's like come with me and then they left but i you know professor probably called maid service and had it vacuumed out or something so just curious like (laughs) what this condition
0: when the professor left and with uh what's your face they took lalandra they took a rocket ship and the rocket ship shook the whole house
2: hmm maybe could be well cyclops says i don't know what happened
0: (laughs) (laughs) sean listen up wolverine messed up the danger room main control of pretty bad check the circuits out when he's done fixing it i'd help him but i'm due with the phone company now is that oh yeah
2: is that a dig on wolverine because he's like check the circuits out when he's done fixing it in other words i don't think he's going to fix it so you're probably going to have to fix what he fixes (laughs) yep i don't know that that's a dig but it's probably a fact (laughs) not to worry i'll hand i'll give him a hand enjoy yourself lad you've earned it so is is that like a reference like go have a good time with colleen wing no one's uh i don't know no one's like hey why is this girl hanging out here shouldn't you mourn or something
0: well, I mean, people. These these X Men are men of the '70s. They don't get involved <laughs> in each other's affairs. Okay,
2: go have a good time, buddy. You deserve it. You've been a good leader these past couple of weeks. We're finally home. <laughs> Yay! Now get your freak on. <laughs>
1: do, 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 do.
2: <laughs> Colleen wonders if something's still bothering him. Is it that obvious
1: to someone who cares about you, Scott?
2: Oh, geez, sweetie. <laughs> You're making me blush. He's
0: sad that the professor has left and Princess Lelandra has left too, and he doesn't think they're coming back. And that's when we cut to Color World.
2: <laughs> really obnoxiously distorted, can't relate to what's going on. Color World. I hate this And there's
0: a lot of fabric, uh, uh, not
1: fabric, phallic. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it could phallic,
2: be uh, uh, statues, buildings, buildings. It could be fabric phallic buildings. Phallic skyscrapers. Wait, that's all skyscrapers. Yes, but these are particularly phallic. Uh, this is the Imper- this is a world called the Imperial Center. It's kind of a boring name for a planet, if you ask me, but anyways. But that's the world? Oh, wow, that is a terrible name. <laughs> <laughs> On a world called Imperial Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charles Xavier is there with his heart's desire, and there's some dialogue or some stuff about Magneto, and the loss broke his heart when he lost the X Men. So Lelandra took him to the blah, 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 blah.
0: I guess they got through all of their negotiations and decided that it was okay to crown uh, Lelandra, Empress of the Shiar Galaxy.
2: Princess majestrix and one time rebel, uh crowned empress of the galaxy of a galaxy spanning the gal- galaxy spanning empire what? oh, a galaxy spanning empire, wow, that's huge that was old before man on earth was born. yes, and apparently that was uh two or two standard centuries. This random person who we can't really make out lived here uh on center. That's what they that's what the kids call it. They don't call it Imperial Center. They're like, yo, I live on Center, where you live. Uh but, I'm, I'm but Imperial but this, Center. This person has never seen such joyous crowds. And um Lilandra makes a little joke that says, Oh, they're well paid, aren't they, Malin? That's a terrible joke. <laughs> Cyclops pops in and says, Terrible joke, <laughs> baby. Catch you later. And what is with the professor's
0: pants? They're all, like, checkered in this panel. Well,
2: they're space... Oh, maybe
0: that, that's his blanket.
2: They're space pants. Or it's a space <laughs> blanket. <laughs> There's, like, hover cars, and the professor's in a hover wheelchair, and... Blah, blah, blah. That was blah, my blah. Jetson imitation.
1: Charles, are you as bored by this as I am, my love?
2: Pageantry has its place, preferably on the television where it can be turned off.
0: Ooh, snap!
2: <laughs> I made a funny. Look at the professor's like groovy uh, s- sweater vest there. <laughs> this is like his X-Man space costume. He is totally spaced out. <laughs> <laughs> when in Rome or, or when in space, dress as the spacens do. You know, this all, this all uh, eventually, like this whole Shi'ar epic is where the professor, uh, this
0: ties into Astonishing X-Men and the whole Danger Room saga.
2: Yes, it does. I don't know that we'll see how. Other than no, we won't, because that's a retcon. Right, other than through the retcon that is Astonishing X-Men. But anyways. But it's a good retcon. But now Lil' Andrews says, I wish we'd have stayed on Earth. Things were happier when it was just the two of us. Give me strength, love. Which I don't understand because it was her idea to come to space.
0: Well, she changed her mind.
2: <laughs> this sucks. Let's go back to her, the Earth. <laughs> no, my no. love. But then even the prof,
0: dearest Edmore. I think you've had it ever since that day our minds forth linked telepathically across the cosmos. But I fear it won't be enough for the oncoming
2: slaughter that (laughs) only I know about. I'm not gonna tell anybody about it though. Just keep this to myself. But I fear it won't be enough for what? I know. That's what I don't understand. Like, is he does he see Doom on the horizon or what's going on? Doctor Doom? (laughs) <laughs> Dr. Doom, what are you doing here in space? Just hanging out on the horizon. <laughs> <laughs> Just checking out the view, you know. Getting away from that pesky Reed Richards. <laughs> Meanwhile. Yeah, I'm a jerk. Uh, In, I don't know, Edinburgh, maybe?
0: Yeah. No, it's in the town of Stornoway.
2: Ah, Stornoway.
0: It's a good place. Now, is Jason Wingard Scottish? Or is he, I mean, obviously he's not. But is he... uh Is he supposed to be Scottish?
2: I have no idea. He looks like he should be Scottish. Okay. He looks like uh, Sean Connery in uh, There Can Be Only One, uh, Highlander. Oh, Oh, Highlander. (laughs) (laughs) I think, anyways. Didn't he have that same stupid beard and mustache combo?
0: It's been so long since Uh, I've seen
2: Highlander. Okay. Well, anyways. Um, Yeah, Jason Wingard, to me, uh, it was the 70s, right? It was a different time, so maybe... This whole mutton chop, mustache, straggly hair, proper-looking Scottish guy was hot, but I think he looks like a tool.
0: (laughs) It's true, times have changed.
2: But anyways, so so,
0: this to answer your spoilerific question, and I won't spoil anything now. But will uh, does Jean Grey recognize this gentleman? And the answer is no, clearly not.
2: Well, I'm going to gripe on that in a moment here, but not quite yet. So, uh, Jason Wingard comes around the corner and bumps into Gene's shopping boxes, knocking them to the ground. Ah, watch it, lass. And he's even kind of grumpy, too. Like, that's no way to start off uh, whatever he's trying to start.
0: You know, I would totally try to do a Sean Connery again, but we've been there and
2: <laughs> it didn't it didn't work out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Gene, she's she's like, "Oh, don't worry. I'm a really uh, um or don't worry about it." Well, there's a little introduction. I'm I'm getting ahead of myself here. There's a little introduction here uh, where after Jason Wingard yells at Gene, he does bend down and say, well, let me help you with that stuff. Are you all right? And that's when they introduce one another to each other.
1: Gene or
2: Gray. Gene Gray. I'm Jason Wingard. So you're giving
0: him like a British uh, sort of thing or more of a a regal uh, European
2: I don't really have too many uh, accents in my wheelhouse. I don't know <laughs> if you've noticed that. Ugh. <laughs> oh, Scottish.
0: How do we do a Scottish accent I'm Jason Wittger? <laughs> Are you sure I can't give you a hand? Those parcels felt pretty heavy. There's no way I can keep that. <laughs> uh,
2: yes. Uh, anyways, she's really a lot stronger than she looks.
1: And I'm hot, too. Yeah, I got red hair and I'm skinny. <laughs> My telepathic powers are doing all the carrying, not my muscles. Ha ha ha! I don't know why I don't just use some telepathy here, but I'm not gonna.
2: But she just, she is. No, she's using. Wait, you're That's right. She, just, she <laughs> just said she's using
0: her telepathy.
2: Damn it! You're right. I, when I read this, I read that as um, the other thing.
0: She's using telekinesis. She's not using her telepathic powers,
2: especially when my telekinesis powers with my tele... Oh, yeah, I totally misread that. Ah. This is stupid. Of course, well, they used to do this in the old X-Men as well. They would confuse teleporting with telepathy with telekinesis. I would
0: always confuse it. I don't, I don't, I know that.
2: (laughs) All right. So this doesn't make any sense. Scottish. (laughs) Well,
0: then. I have to say
2: Scottish. Well, then, you puke. I'll bid you good evening and hope we meet again. Go watch them. Yeah,
1: I think that might be nice. (laughs) (laughs) Wow.
2: Meanwhile, on the dock that Gene uh, is heading towards, somebody's looking for Angus McWhorter.
0: And uh, she joins, uh, Jean Gray joins Moira and the gang uh, on a boat that they're apparently renting. Uh, Alex is there. I assume that's uh, Polaris as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that must be Jamie holding what looks like a, I don't know what that is, uh a sack the thing some is sort of
2: sack the thing i don't like about this panel is like we haven't seen alex jamie or lorna in so long that would it hurt the artist to give us a close-up on them
0: well i think we'll get one not on this on issue page yeah on the next oh page.
2: we get one, okay well that's not really we'll get one yeah okay not not really of of alex so much just lorna but i guess you're right
0: oh, we're wasting our time edward mcguerter is not here he's not been in these
2: parts since christmas day we assume that that is the guy that was sneaking around Muir Island looking for those pesky kids who blew up his boat. Oh, you think that's that guy? No, no, it's
0: not that guy. That guy. Are you sure? Ended, yeah, that guy ended uh, poorly. He was all like, ah, no, don't attack me. And the guy, and then some voice off camera said,
2: I'm sorry, I need your life essence. Yeah, I think that was Mick Werder that these guys are talking about. Oh, that they're talking about. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Do you think anything's happened to him, Mr. Stark?
0: I don't know, lad, but we'd better notify the police just in case.
2: There you go. It's got to be. Otherwise, they wouldn't throw that little bit in there.
0: Yes, you're totally right. I thought you were talking about that guy no. in the green hat being the guy.
2: No, he's just random Scottish thug.
0: Misunderstanding.
2: I understand. So then we, the boat takes off, and it's got uh, it's got all those people on there, and Gene notices that uh, Jason Wingard's watching us sail. There's something about him.
1: A sense of deja vu, as if we've met before. I better do a quick mind scan to make sure it's not true. Oh my god, it's Mastermind! I'm gonna kill him!
2: (laughs) Wait, none of that happens. She doesn't do
0: mind scans anymore. She's not like the professor.
2: She's the phoenix, for God's sake. She can do whatever she wants to, and she knows it.
0: I'm sure at some point they're going to reveal exactly why she is unable to do this to him.
2: Uh, Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. I'll... I'll hold out for that. Psychic dampening. Uh, we also find
0: out that Gene does not need a jacket, which nope. I think is the first time we're seeing this in continuity. Correct. And not in classic continuity.
2: So the third panel on this page where Jason Wingard is sitting there smoking a cigarette and he's, ah, oh, yes. What's her? What, oh, are you, you going to point out the shadow? Well, of course I'm going to point out the shadow. But I was going to say.
0: I just noticed that just now. That's, oh. that's really clever.
2: Well, it would be clever, I think, if Jason Wingard himself didn't look so stupid, like <laughs> he's got this stupid grin on his face and he's just he looks like a evil villain who who just made the poor lady pay rent or something but the the shadow of Mastermind is really good, yeah, so if they could have if uh they could have basically had him in the exact same pose. But as Jason Wingard, kind of ominously looking out towards the sea, I think this panel would be a perfect panel.
0: Well, why would he? He's not supposed to look ominous, because she can see him.
2: Well, but look how far away they are.
0: He has to look all charming and stuff. Ah, She's attracted to me, and why not when in so many ways I'm the man of her dreams? Soon she will love me, and then she will belong, mind and body and soul,
1: to the Hellfire Club.
2: So there you go, the whole, well, this is the first mention of the Hellfire Club in continuity, and this is, I guess, the first mention of this whole plot line. We've been getting so much of it in classic X-Men that I get confused. (laughs) Um, So uh,
0: I wonder, it'll be interesting to see if anybody in the letters page ever picks up on the shadow.
2: I I don't know. I really like the shadow, though. It's a really good shadow. It's a really good idea, too. It is.
0: I mean, but... They they revealed it right here. It's right in the page in the very first appearance of Jason Wingard, who he is. Exactly. That's amazing to me.
2: And so Jean goes on uh, while she's in the boat to say, he's a handsome devil. I'll give him that. Well, like, she thinks that to herself. Right. But really? like, So she was chasing after Scott for so long, and, and then he's dead. And
0: It does seem rather weird that Jason Wingard looks nothing like Scott.
2: I mean, he wouldn't have to look exactly like Scott, but it would... No, no,
0: he wouldn't, but they're like completely different type of men. Exactly. Maybe that's maybe that's what it is. Maybe huh. that's maybe this is the type of man that she is immediately physically drawn to whereas uh, with Scott, it's more of an emotional attachment. It's more of she knows him really well and she really admires the man that he is.
2: Yeah, but I'm going to challenge you on that. Like as in we've spite, gone through. Despite his wienerness. <laughs> exactly. Like we've gone through My how many.
1: Eyes!
2: <laughs> exactly. How many issues of X-Men have we gone through? And there's no evidence of any sort of like, oh, he's so deep and charming and we're into the same things and. I love him so much for that sort of stuff.
0: Well, uh, to be fair, this the comic thus far hasn't really gotten that deep into relationships at all. Well, I know, but... I mean, we, we know that Scott loves Jean, and uh, uh, what's-her-name, loves Alex. Lorna. Lorna loves Alex, and
2: but my... Sean loves Moira. And Here's my point, though. My point is Professor that... Professor loves If If... If they don't have like a mental attachment, wouldn't it make sense that they have, they they just physically think each other is super attractive?
0: Well, I'm I'm just going on history. I'm going on, they've been together for a long time. They probably know everything about each other. So I'm filling in the blanks where there are a lot of blanks.
2: All right. And then the other thing I just noticed about this panel when they're on the boat, Jean's left boob looks bigger than her right boob. (laughs) It's the wind. (laughs) She's the phoenix, for God's sake. Doesn't she have control over that? No. Who is the mysterious shady man with the hat and the trench coat that's not facing anybody? You think so?
0: Yeah.
2: Do you think he's like flashing the boat captain right now or something? (laughs) (laughs) He's probably driving the boat. I think he is the boat captain. Oh, okay. Okay. Maybe you're right. It's just kind of creepy looking. And he's actually, look at the perspective. He looks like he's twice the size of Alex.
0: Well, there's two of them.
2: (laughs) Well, like they're sitting on each other's shoulders or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one
0: of them is squatting and the other one is sitting on his shoulders. Okay. No, I think Alex is sitting down.
2: He is sitting down, but look at like he's sitting down in front of Jamie, and then if you yeah, look at the...
0: Jamie's standing up.
2: Right, but if you look at like the sh- the shoulders, like how the the length of the shoulders, you'll see that Alex looks really mm. small in comparison to Jamie. This does not bother me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm hyper fixating. Let's move on to the story.
0: Uh, moira wants to run tests on phoenix she just wants to make sure she can handle the awesome power and she thinks to herself heaven help us if you can't mm. and then we cut back to scott who is hanging out arm in arm with colleen
2: yep they they just got the phone reconnected by going to the phone company But now they got to get a hold of Moira because Cyclops is running this place on his own savings, and and we know that that can't be very much.
0: I've only got like $25 that I've earned from living with the professor.
2: I have about enough money to keep the mansion going for 30 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And apparently Moira is the executor of the professor's estate, so... That makes sense. They're gonna go home. They're gonna make the phone call, and finally, this whole thing, this mystery, is just gonna be settled, and we're gonna know that everybody's not dead,
0: except that Moira is in a boat, and particularly that boat is going to go off on some space adventure. And <laughs> for... damn it, <laughs> Colleen, I'm sorry. This is supposed to be a day off, and I've done nothing but babble about my business.
1: I haven't complained, Scott.
2: Buy you a late lunch?
1: I thought you'd never ask.
2: Oh, yeah. I'm gonna get me some lunch action. Oh, my eyes. (laughs) My powerful eyes. My deadly eyes. And then Colleen actually... Get an ice cream
0: soda, and Scott thinks maybe we can talk.
1: About work?
0: About us.
2: What? Well, really about me.
0: Colleen, am I stuffy? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, he does get all kind of uh, all about himself. And uh, Colleen says that he's stuffy like King Tut's tomb. Ooh. It's an issue full of zingers.
0: <laughs> it's like my whole
2: life, myself.
0: Remember I was we were going to talk about us? Well, uh... <laughs> talk about me. <laughs> myself inside has turned topsy-turvy. All these things I thought were certain in my life aren't.
1: Try smiling now and then. You'll feel better. Aw, oh, baby.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's always been
2: hard. Relaxing, I mean.
1: I noticed.
0: Let's face it, I'm a stuffed shirt.
2: <laughs> and so we'll flip our attention now. 35 miles to the southwest where Storm and Wolverine are cruising around in the Professor's Rolls Royce.
0: In the corner of 135th and Broadway in the ghetto. <laughs> in
2: the ghetto. Roro, you've been acting crazy. This ain't Africa, babe. This ain't anything you've known, because they're referring to basically the ghetto.
0: Right, and she wants to walk alone. Yes. Farewell. She needs no escort, and we know this is the ghetto because welfare checks are cashed.
2: This <laughs> doesn't say welfare. Oh, it does. Yeah, it does. Checks, cash, <laughs> welfare, unemployment, government, pay, con, ed, I don't know what that means. Phone, Phone cable, cable, TV bills, your utilities. Con Ed. That must be some. Con Ed is electricity. Really? Yes. Oh, okay. Is it like a New York thing?
0: Uh, yeah, oh. I think so. Okay. I, I I thought it was more, but apparently it's just a New York thing.
2: Uh, I don't know. Could be. Could be like a. Eastern... You could be odd to something there. Uh, I don't know. I don't. We don't have Con Ed around here.
0: Okay.
2: So Wolverine takes off in the Rolls Royce, just zinging in and out of traffic. Where by chance he looks in his rearview mirror and sees Mariko. Yeah, that Japanese woman. Yeah. Mariko. Mariko,
1: wait! Mariko.
0: <laughs> he was going to go to a rodeo at Madison Square Garden. Of course He'll he is. Stash the rolls somewhere, driving around on the professor's rolls. Grab some eats, then check out the show.
2: And then a cabbie is like, Hey, you dumb cowboy, what do you think you're doing? Because he just stops the Rolls Royce and jumps out. Wait a minute.
0: Don't close the door, he says to the man closing the door of the hotel. Watakushi Logan desu. I'm Logan
2: Logan, desu. Whoops. Logan desu.
0: They don't say oh, desu. Watakushi
2: well, Logan desu.
0: I, They don't pronounce the u, I guess. I, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But yeah, these these uh translations are not that easy
2: to figure out. <laughs> I can imagine.
0: And through process of elimination, I sort of figured out that he was saying that he his he is Logan.
2: Hey, I am Logan. Logan. And he says it just like that.
1: I am Logan.
0: <laughs> Wait a minute. Don't close the
2: door. Uh, and now he's speaking in Japanese because we can see the little brackets there. And uh, the uh, the guy there that's, uh, I don't know, guarding Mariko. I'm and That was
0: the other way that I was able to figure out what he was saying because they always repeat themselves in English. Right. So really, he's, he's again, the the weird anomaly of since now it's being translated, he says the same thing again choice. Right. Watakushi wa Logan desu. Watakushi wa Logan desu. I'm afraid of Mariko.
2: I'm sorry, Mr. Logan, Miss Yashita is not to be disturbed. Could you at least tell her I Click. called us so? Oh, Mariko, here.
0: Here. Okay, bub. I can take a hint, but I'm going. Or I'm going, but I'll be back soon. although Logan, I don't know. I I suspect Logan would like crawl around to the other side of the building, <laughs> searching all of the windows.
2: Sure. Meanwhile, uptown, for hours, Aurora's been walking around Harlem, and we know it's Harlem because there's a dude in a pimp hat with a purple jacket, and there's a poor black man and a woman with an afro, and, well, they're all black.
0: (laughs) Uh, The woman in an afro kind of looks like a zombie. She has no uh, pupils.
2: (laughs) She's going for that poor black guy right there. (laughs) Ah, brains. It's like that scene in Dawn of the Dead when they're invading the apartment complex. all right (laughs) too specific anyways
0: so we see in the uh as she's walking past all the tenement halls and uh we see a lot of graffiti here and on this particular page we see that piggy loves honky cat oh of course
2: kinky klaus jansen he's there 78 yep in my father's tales this was a magical place wicked yet joyous poor rough-edged but alive
0: he was happy to leave it, yet also sad. I don't know how I know this. Oh, I guess it's in his father's tales. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So she remembers
2: her father's tales. My takeaway from all this is like she—she she only three though. She, I thought she was younger than that. I think she was like six months or something, but aged beyond her looks or something like that. Yes, maybe her father kept a journal. Probably. <laughs> She opens the door and she's like, "Goddess, the stench. It makes the pits beneath the sun. God,
1: city, swell, or smell sweet by comparison. That's pretty bad. Remember they
0: were complaining about how that stunk? Yeah. No,
2: no, not really. Yeah, yeah they were. Were they? Oh, yeah, yeah, I do. And they, they, but they were in the garbage. Right, they were in the garbage. Wolverine even said so. Garbage got to go somewhere. So I guess her plan is that she wants to go revisit her parents apartment and there's a part of her that thinks that her parents might actually still be there
0: well i don't think she thinks that her parents will still be there but memories of her parents will be there just he's trying to stir the old memory basket
2: (laughs) yeah what am i looking for yes i was born here part of my heritage is here but is it a part i want very
0: little sense because she was even younger when she lived here yeah so she was like three months
2: yeah, right. Like It'd be like a baby being like, I want to see the apartment that I lived at for two months. I
0: remember so much, yet so little. It was summer when we left and the neighborhood was full of music. Jazz, Papa said, played hot and loud. Oh, yeah. That hasn't changed. There was a jazz band right outside. Not. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, well, anyways, Uh. yet this is where my father met my mother, where they fell in love, where they were happy and they stayed. They might have lived. Uh. Just a few more steps to go in, and then I'm home. My hands are shaking. It's madness, I know, thinking that they're waiting for me inside, but I can't help hoping I survived. Why not they? But wait a minute. So she she...
0: is thinking maybe hope beyond hope that their
2: survival survived. Didn't they die in, like, South America or Mexico or something? Yeah, but I guess she never saw the body. Oh, so her thought here is, you know, hope beyond hope that maybe they survived and they came back to the apartment to live. Yeah. Not likely, but maybe. So this graffiti says Chris 76, Froggy. Yeah. It's got Bonnie's phone number. <laughs> and it says Cheed Charlie? <laughs> Cheap yeah, Charlie. So. Cheap Charlie. Well, she opens the door to her apartment, and it is definitely not anything she remembers. No, there's a bunch of junkies. And now the uh,
0: the graffiti says Lynn and Glennis Ween. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> It doesn't say weeb. <laughs> uh, it says 60 grand dick.
2: Oh, yeah. Dickie McKenzie. Jive turkey. Junkie jog. Shoot screw. There's a poster of kiss, but below it it says off. Kiss off.
0: And there's a word balloon that says duh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think behind this black man's head it does say dick. But part of the K is cut off. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. 60 Grand Dick. Oh, 60 Grand Dick. Sorry, I missed that. Yeah, there's graffiti all over the place. Bill Mantlo and Al Milgram. Uh, candy Smarty? Sure. That must be their favorite candy. There's a newspaper that says a- Abel Escapes City Jail Cell. Hmm. Oh, and a copy of Hulk uh, is, on the, is on the floor. Cool. <laughs> Jefferson Hairlip. Ah, that's clever. Mary Joe Duffy, Jim Shooter, the bathroom. I think it says Wood Tank, Sterno, <laughs> Shogun, Skag City. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of graffiti. Yes. No. Well, anyways, moving on. So uh, yeah, there's
0: a bunch of junkies in the room. Uh, there's uh, looks like uh, one of them shooting up in the corner. It's it's not just uh, there's there's some white people, there's some black people, possibly some Asian
2: people. A guy who's a member of the Sharks. Drug addiction knows no racism, Adam. Yeah, that seems to be the point here. (laughs) But uh, this dude whose name is Bluey, he comes up and says, "What's you doing, pretty mama? (laughs) I mean you no harm. No kidding? That's pretty good, considering I'm holding a blade.
0: And she snaps his wrist. (laughs) (laughs) Ow! (laughs) (laughs) Do not threaten me, child.
1: Hey, look, at she flattened Bluey without even trying. Is she heat, Johnny?
0: Is that
2: Johnny Storm? <laughs> oh, my God. Johnny Storm's <laughs> got a problem. No, I'm heat. <laughs> yeah. Everyone knives,
0: says Johnny. And they, uh, they all pull out their knives, and they start to surround uh, Storm. And you've listened to Bluey Mama coughed up some bucks so we could all got straight. Everything would have been cool. But you heard him.
2: For that, you could have died. so i wonder if chris spent some time out in harlem so that he could get this authentic dialogue oh yeah i bet
1: (laughs) (laughs) please don't come any farther i don't want to harm
2: you we ain't gonna get hurt honey bunch you are my hand oh
0: yeah he uh he slices her hand and she's bleeding and uh and she that's when she (laughs) freaks out i warned you boy (laughs) what's happening she she goes she goes uh she goes a little nuts that's that's a really uh, intense word balloon
2: it is i warned you boy is basically how she says it and they're all like well, how did this man get in here
1: <laughs> you chose the wrong victim this time i have the will and the power to fight back your numbers your weapons are nothing to me for i control the elemental forces of nature and
2: then she thinks to herself
1: i have to be very careful <laughs>
2: The building's rotten, falling apart, too much power could shatter it. For all their bluster and bravado, they're still children, and if I keep them off balance, they shouldn't be a problem. So it's all an act. She didn't lose her cool at all. Of course not. This is Storm we're talking about. Good for her. Although, Bluey, he don't fall for it. He's like, Jeez, she didn't notice me. She forgot all about me. And I happen to be right behind her. With a screwdriver. So I'm going to stab her with it. Heck yeah. But then we hear the familiar voice. <laughs> Uh Uh-uh, punk. (laughs) And we know it must be Misty Knight and Luke Cage. You talking about Luke Cage? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Shoot, Misty. If he was an adult, I'd have slammed him through the wall. Steadier into it. (laughs)
1: Luke Cage? Misty Knight? I was looking for something, says Storm.
0: (laughs) What's a righteous lady like you doing in a dump like this?
1: (laughs) Why are you here? and I were cruising the neighborhood when we heard street talk about a tall, regal, white-haired sister making the rounds. We figured it was you.
2: And when we saw lightning boats popping out of these top-floor windows, we figured you might need some help. Oh, you were redecorating. <laughs> One or the two. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: And they all talk about how it's tough being in the ghetto. They're all so young. They all have no home school, Luke, Luke money. Ka- Luke Cage could- Jobs. Hope. Luke Cage gets all political. Oh yeah, well this is Luke Cage. I mean, he's he's the ghetto superhero. So they shoot up Skag and then shoot people to get bread to feed their habits. And they live in a society more concerned about Luke Cage thirteen year olds for life, and then trying to give them, de- then trying to give them a decent chance.
2: Yeah.
1: Is there nothing we can do?
0: We're superheroes, Aurora. Not God. We can save humanity from Dark Doom or Galactus,
2: but when it comes to this crap. We don't do nothing. Come on, let's get a do it done. True at all. This is all what Luke Cage is about. Yeah, was saving the ghetto from itself.
0: Although, yeah, I mean, like, heroes are constantly like. I think Hawkeye does this a couple times in the Avengers. It's like I want to go the, I want to help street level crime. Well, Daredevil. This is what Daredevil does. Yeah.
2: Well, anyways, uh, they they we flip our attention now to Salem Center Station, where Cyclops and Colleen Wing are saying good night for the evening. He's still dwelling on what she said. Stuffy, huh? It's been three hours, but I can't get over the fact that you called me stuffy earlier after I asked you if I was stuffy.
1: Scott, you've said nothing but stuffy (laughs) for the past three hours. I have no idea why I'm going to give you this envelope, but I'm going to. (laughs) There's hope. Deep down inside that musty, uptight exterior is a heck of a nice guy. Very shy, very straight arrow, but well worth knowing.
2: Mm-hmm. You have potential, Scott.
1: And I think I'm just
2: the one to help you realize it. So, does Chris Claremont not understand women either? <laughs> <laughs> what woman is like, there is nothing appealing about you whatsoever. You're attractive, but you're dull, you're boring, you're stuffy, you're conceited, you only think about yourself. But I think I can help change that. <laughs> He's not even mean to women. <laughs> like, he doesn't even have that um, bad boy thing going on. All I can figure is that Colleen Wing is super insecure. <laughs> this guy will never leave me. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So she gives him an envelope and she's like, I
1: got to go to work. But here's something to remember me by. Open after, open it after the train's pulled out. Bye.
2: Oh, something's going to be pulling out. <laughs> <laughs> she thinks to herself,
0: oh, Colleen, what are you getting yourself into?
1: Head says, keep things casual. Heart says, go for broke. A lot of risk that way. Why am I talking like Wolverine all of a sudden? We could both be terribly hurt. But we could be very happy, and that prize is worth any risk.
0: Drop by any old
2: time. Cole, or Colonel Colleen Wing. (laughs) Colonel Colleen Wing. It is a er, a key taped to a piece of paper in that envelope. Scott gets on the next train. (laughs) Scott immediately gets off the train, and it's the other one. I'm going to get me some tonight. Prologue, on an airplane, flying in the sky. There's a big A on the tail wing. The Avengers plane? Yes. The Avengers, for some reason, are harboring the uh, 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 Black Black Tom Tom Cassidy and the Juggernaut. But what's around Black Tom's neck in this second panel here? Um, Oh, weird. I don't know. What is that? I don't know. It looks like an electronic collar.
0: Yeah, it's like a neck brace of some sort.
2: Hmm. Well a woman enters whose name is Miss Locke and uh, she is employed by somebody who will join them apparently he's flying the airplane because he'll join them when they reach cruising altitude I don't like this Tom I think we're making a big
0: mistake
2: Oh Kane don't start on that again I'm the dogger Tom bitch I do. Tom I, start I mean on stuff <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if, anyone can de-
0: if anyone can destroy the X-Men, if anyone is earned on the right, it's me, not some pimp
1: squeak.
2: Is that so? Six times I think you've tried. Kill the X-Men, old team and new, and each time you've failed. Uh, he's Scottish too, isn't he? <laughs> yes, I just realized that. <laughs> let someone else try for one skein we've bigger better fish to fry if our man succeeds those cursed mutants will be dead and we'll be millionaires if he fails we'll still be millionaires and we'll be free to try whenever you satisfied no and then well we need a voice for this character mm. Mm. <laughs> I, know, I wasn't prepared for that
1: mr black tom cassidy mr kane marco I don't...
2: No, that that seems too much i don't know
0: he seems like a pimp squeak.
2: I don't know. Do your toad voice. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Black Tom Cassidy. Oh, Mr. Kane no, Markle. That nope, that's not right. Um, I don't know. We're, we're going to have to work on it. But, uh, well, anyways, he greets the two to the airplane, and his name's Arcade. Is the name murders the game. You St- pay to play, satisfaction guaranteed, or your money back. He's got red hair, so it needs to be. I don't know. It's- was my voice not red enough for you? It needs to be lighter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You pay your No, that's not I don't know. We'll work on that. Uh, well, we've got we've got two more issues to figure it out. <laughs> well, anyways, he's promising that uh the X-Men are as good as dead. So my question is, did Black Tom and Juggernaut hire Arcade or is Arcade hiring Black Tom and Juggernaut?
0: Black Tom and Juggernaut hired Arcade. To take out the X-Men. right? Because that's what Arcade is at this point in the Marvel universe.
2: Yeah. Uh, He's an assassin. Yeah, he
0: he's well the most ridiculous assassin there is.
2: Right. But he's an assassin nonetheless.
0: The X-Men are as good as dead, and he has cards with six of the X-Men on them. Who's missing?
2: Uh Who, who uh phoenix oh yeah, okay. so i knew somebody was missing <laughs> yeah okay yeah so even arcade so not,
0: did, did they not know that phoenix is,
2: is alive yeah even even they think uh, phoenix is dead well how does that work <laughs> i don't know next issue murder world revisited or funfair is another name for murder so is this is not arcade's first appearance in the marvel universe
0: this is arcade's well second story third appearance okay um he was originally appeared in uh, Marvel Team-Up number 65 and not Marvel Team-Up number 66 in a two-part Spider-Man and Captain Britain story. Okay. And um, that was written by Chris Claremont and drawn by John Byrne. So hmm. this is a original Chris Claremont John Byrne creation. Okay. Well, that's good. So it's logical that he would show up in the pages of X-Men.
2: So we got an iTunes review out there in iTunes, uh, and it's from Sin Sig. He says, exactly the type of podcast I was looking for. Thoroughly entertaining and fun to listen to. Well, I appreciate that. Yes, thank you very much. What else did we get, Adam?
0: Uh, We got two letters from David Steele, which I'll combine into one. Uh, He just listened to the Power Man and Iron Fist podcast, thought it was uh, good, right, laugh, Iron Fist of the Southerners was hilarious. He hasn't read these comics in 20-odd years. He was surprised at how crappy the art was. (laughs) Awesome. He says that issue 56, it's a shame that we didn't have it because the pacing of the last few issues is pretty darn exciting. Hmm. He's glad we're thinking of covering the Defenders issues. And then he also says uh, he just reread issue 122, the one that we just did. Okay. And, uh, he noticed the obvious foreshadowing of upcoming plots, but also burn burns art is being, uh, is back to being as detailed as his earlier issues, particularly the graffiti. that oh, we yeah. focused quite a bit on.
2: <laughs> yes, we did.
0: And apparently there was a guy checking out Colleen's arse on page eight.
2: Oh, I didn't, I didn't see that. Yeah. I guess we missed it. Yeah. No. All right. Uh, I guess since we did a podcast that mentioned the Calgary Stampede, some web blog out there in Canada maybe decided that they would link to a. it. Yeah, out there. It's called the Canada A blog. Uh, it, it links to us, but it's kind of funny because I don't understand how it works, but it says that uh, we are the threat room. <laughs> and it was the shootout at the Stampede, which is the title of the episode. And then the link continues on to say, swimsuit up colon. Indochine, Indochino involves Calgary web blog. Very very curious. I'm I'm not sure how that all works, but uh yes. Um, you were not
0: aware that we were doing a such a political uh
2: podcast? I I don't even know if that's political. I don't really know what any of that means. But the threat room. The threat room. Uh but yes, Sports and Tickets twenty fourteen for Calgary Stampede is has linked to to our little podcast for some bizarre strange reason
0: yeah well good i mean that's cool yeah get an extra link so if you (laughs) got
2: if you got to us from the calgary stampede blog page and it's non-official by the way let's put that out there but if you got there from that you should let us know because that's kind of funny and that's it that's what we got for letters this week Thank you all for participating. If you would like to leave us a letter or some sort of communique, you can go to facebook.com forward slash danger room podcast. You can follow us at danger room go, or you can go to www.xmenpodcast.com for all of the issues, as well as comments on the podcast. Can go out to iTunes and uh, search for danger room. Type that in there and uh, you'll get to our podcast and you can leave us a, a five star rating uh, or a review or both if you'd like. Or you can email us at DangerRoom at RedCatProductions.com. So many ways to get a hold of us. It's true. But Adam, we're not done yet. No way. There's a classic X-Men we have yet to read. Craptacular. (sighs) This is issue number 28 from, uh, I don't know, December 1987. Sure, why not? Yeah, that works for me. (laughs) (laughs) The good news is... That they are no longer fixing up the main issue, so we can skip all of that and go right to the backup story. But first we're going to talk about the cover a little bit. There's more graffiti. <laughs> this cover is essentially Storm with her hair making up the walls of the ghettoed apartment with all the junkies strung out on the floor. And uh, I'd just like to point out that there's a poster for LLBJ, <laughs> which, which is pretty funny. Yeah.
0: And then they've replaced the Kiss poster with a Motley Crue poster.
2: It says Motley Crude.
0: Oh, well, they added a D, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. It says Chuck It. And somebody really likes White Castle, because that's on the wall with an exclamation point. Nobody should ever be that excited for White Castle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's about it. The Hulk issue is gone. Yeah, probably a copyright thing. So on the inside cover, we get uh, two new little panels, um, probably by John Bolton, maybe. Yes, it's... Or no, I don't think so. Um no, it's I Kieran think, Dwyer. Yeah, Kieran Dwyer. And it's uh the first one is of Colossus saving Wolverine from the Vice, kind of a reproduction of that panel. And Although then, it's
0: actually I like it better.
2: I guess I do too. It's more actiony, but I definitely like the next panel where Wolverine is sitting on the floor of the broken Mr. Fix It with his toolkit scratching his head trying to figure out how to fix what he damaged yeah it's funny i do like that although there's kind of a perspective problem with his feet if you notice <laughs> that true. looks like he's just, <laughs> he, but if he you feet.
0: ignore his feet it's pretty good yeah. uh, he, he's got his head in his hand and he's like ah smoking his stove.
2: and he's got that same little stink cloud above his head <laughs> he <knows.
0: laughs> Dwyer must have enjoyed that yes
2: <clears throat> so we'll open it up the backup story is called who am i and it is written by Ann Nocenti because Chris Claremont's like, I'm done with this whole thing. And Mary Jo Duffy was on vacation. <laughs> yes. But John Bolton, he's, he's still in. He says, uh, I'll, still, I'll still draw. Yep. Uh, and it's called... What do you think of
0: this one, this
2: thrilling story? I, I, I don't understand where it falls in continuity, and i don't understand well, who all these people
0: are it kind of uh, it kind of doesn't really matter it's it's a non mattering story well uh, right it presumably happens before the x men separated or after they get back together spoilers
2: right so it's a costume party and it's uh Jean made a recommendation that all of the x men show up one at a time so that it would be more fun to figure out who everybody was. Which begs the question, is this at Jean's apartment or somebody else's apartment? And who are all of these other people?
0: Um, friends of the X-Men? Maybe like Jean's
2: college buddies? Oh, sure. Could be. Um, They're like, you should really come back. <laughs> you were so close to graduating. Well, whoever,
0: anyways. Whoever, they don't even say who the host is. He's just the host.
2: Yeah. My host, you look well. So it's, it's Nightcrawler kind of enters the story, and he's kind of who we're following through. He's he's in a devil costume. Um, And he's 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 talking... quite
0: obviously Nightcrawler.
2: But he's talking about, like, oh, costume party's wonderful, you can be yourself, especially when you're me, and nobody knows the difference and stuff. And so the host is like, hey, I need you to talk to me, but in a little bit, so go meet me under the balloons in a few minutes.
0: Although you would think, considering the problem, which we will find out soon that he would want to talk to him right away. You would, but uh. no, he's like, go enjoy yourself. You know, nobody's gonna die unless somebody does.
2: And then in uh, as as Nightcrawler's going around, he's looking at all the snacks and all the snacks like eyeballs and fingers and bugs and stuff like fake. Is rumors. it just me, but is
0: somebody dressed up as Wolverine and Jean Grey in the that first
2: panel there? What the interesting thing about this? The answer to your question is yes, but remember how last. Uh, time we did a lot of talking about earth I mm-hmm. i can't remember if it was earth x or universe x but there's a segment in which wolverine and madeline Pryor have gotten married and wolverine's just like fat sitting on the couch like swilling on a beer <laughs> and uh, uh madeline Pryor is also she's overweight because she's just been this housewife forever and and it looks like these two
0: Maybe this was the genesis of universe uh, of the Earth X trilogy.
2: Well, I mean, but that doesn't—that's just like kind of like a an off and aside. It's not even what the comic book is about. It's just like, oh, by the way, this is what Wolverine and Madeline Pryor are doing. But it all started here. It could be. I mean, that's immediately <laughs> what I see when I look at these two. But yes, they're very overweight Marvel Girl and Wolverines for for no particular reason. So he thinks
0: he recognizes Wolverine as a guy that is, I don't know, doesn't look anything like Wolverine to me. Yeah, but I think Some the guy who's flirting with somebody, therefore it must be Wolverine.
2: I think that that's supposed to be like a plastic mask.
0: Yes, yes, of course.
2: Okay, all right. I,
0: I just mean like his demeanor. I just don't feel like that's Wolverine-esque. Right, sure. Um... He gets hit on by a girl dressed up in a cheetah who... See like he then walks away from and she never appears again.
2: Yep. But but there's a lot of space dedicated to them and she's like Yeah,
0: I I thought she would come back or you know, maybe they would hook up or something, but or she would it turn out that she was somebody.
2: She's playing with his tail and she's like, Oh yeah, she's she's into him. It's so lifelike, it even feels warm and then Nightcrawler snaps it at her and she's like oh,
0: I'm never gonna appear again. <laughs>
2: So then, Nightcrawler meets the host under the balloon, and the guy's like, "You having a good time? Let's talk about my problem. You see, the way it goes is, I have a friend, and the friend who's at this party, well, she's got a husband who's who's not a pleasant guy. He spends a very long time telling Nightcrawler that he threatened to this woman's wife, husband threatened to beat her.
0: Well, he used to beat her. Tonight, so he threatens to kill her."
2: Mm-hmm. So this is why you're kind of like, why wouldn't he just tell Nightcrawler this immediately?
0: Yeah, I would I would think it would be good to tell him right away. So Nightcrawler is worried. He uh, He wishes he could figure out who the rest of the X-Men were.
2: The host does tell Nightcrawler that Tiffany, the woman who he's concerned about, is dressed as a ghost.
0: Right, yes.
2: Meanwhile... On the other side of the party cyclops we can tell he's wearing like a jester costume but he's got little red eyes he is drinking some punch and then he sees a woman who i've hey. never ever
0: i've never ever seen come hither eyes before what am i thinking i have a girl and jean would never be so flirtatious maybe that's why i find this mysterious stranger so compelling
2: and this perpetuates the problem that cyclops continually has Ooh, girl look at me i better go follow her <laughs>
0: I think I think she wants me to follow her down that dark hallway. What should I do? He says as he follows her down the dark hallway.
2: <laughs> Meanwhile, Nightcrawler is still trying to find the murderer. So he goes to the, the flirt guy who's dressed as a pirate and says, Hey, Wolverine, I need your help. And the guy's like, Hey, get, get out of here, buddy.
0: <laughs> what are you babbling about, pal? Get lost. Find your own girls. I'm not good with the women.
2: <laughs> it's That's not Nightcrawler Colossus either. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> So, anyways, meanwhile, uh, the jester and the woman who's dressed as like a I don't know a, a genie or something or something like Egyptian that Egyptian harem girl something like that. Well, they're off in a corner, and Cyclops just begins kissing her, but...
0: and she's wearing a mask over. It Turns out she's wearing a very must be a very, life-life, very life-life, lifelike mask. Very Under... lifelike, so life like mask. He didn't realize it was a mask until he kissed her.
2: And then he asks if he can take the mask off. And when he does, he sees a whole bunch of hideous scars below the plastic mask. Oh, I see. The mask is just the lower half. Yes. And that's when the woman says, what's the matter, lover boy? I thought you liked me. And Cyclops has no idea who this woman is. What's that old?
0: Uh, techno song don't they, isn't there a techno song where they have a quote from a movie it's, hello lover boy
2: oh hello lover I don't remember though that's from uh, Evil Dead and lots of people use that sample oh alright <laughs> uh, and that's when we hear a scream and Nightcrawler runs out and is like oh my god it's too late oh my god the woman who is dressed as a ghost she's been stabbed in the neck oh my god oh it looks so real it frightened me but it's just a dummy right and the guy on the floor who we don't know who it is is like I don't know about that. And then a clown, clown runs by. running to escape. Out of my way. Move
0: it, buster. And a mummy re- is at the door, and somehow he tears off all the mummy's headgear. And what? it turns out to be Colossus, who for some reason is in his metallic form.
2: Well, I think it's more uh, Colossus turns from Peter into Colossus, and that's what rips off the mummy tape. Oh, okay. But All
0: right. All right. All right. I like that.
2: And then we find out that uh, Wolverine is actually, I don't know what he's dressed up as, like a hobo. He's dressed
0: as the laundry.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, you're right. Who's Who's going to
0: stop me? This heap of dirty laundry. That's clean laundry, bub. Okay. Wolverine not. (laughs) He came late to the party. He was like, what am I going to (laughs) be? I got to figure something out. I haven't done my laundry.
2: (laughs) And uh, so now that the clown is cornered, Nightcrawler says, give up, because remember, he's supposed to be the hero of this comic.
0: And no, I killed once and I can do it again. What's the difference? He grabs a woman.
2: Uh, in a witch costume. A knife
0: to her throat. In a witch costume, yes.
2: And then we get a, I don't know, kind of odd, creepy, full-page spread of this clown holding a knife to the uh, witch.
0: Yeah, and he babbles and it's annoying. But the, it looks good.
2: But, yeah, yeah, it's kind of... Yeah, I don't know. Kind of, know the... My wife
0: dressed as ghost. Now she is one. I'm a clown. I'll make you laugh. <laughs> I
2: don't care about the dialogue, but yeah, the the panel is good. Um I don't know, there's like a light shade, lampshade in the background, which is just kind of stenciled in. Just kinda yeah, neat it's, looking. It's well done. Yeah. John Bolton strikes yep. again. But it turns out that he stabbed the wrong ghost. The ghost that he stabbed was actually a dummy and his wife was a ghost somewhere else. Yeah, they set up a dummy so that he would stab the dummy. And he says, yes, I stabbed a dummy. I stabbed my wife. Ha 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 This is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and then the knife goes flying away. Colossus takes the clown out. And we learn that the knife is being telekinetically moved by Jean, who is actually the scar-faced harem woman. That Cyclops heard her voice and apparently didn't recognize it.
0: Yeah, well, she she telekinetically manipulated her voice in Scott's head. Sure. Gene, I... don't, don't hate me. I was behind this mask in a costume. I felt like I was another person. It wasn't me.
2: Wasn't it? Isn't he always in a costume behind a <laughs> that's, mask? That's true. Isn't he never himself? This is this is terrible. I can't... This is just terrible. It's a,
0: it's a different costume. Every time Cyclops changes costumes, he turns into another person.
2: Well, this dialogue is irritating because it's like, did Gene want Cyclops to think she was a different woman and then try to lure him to the other room to make him cheat on her?
0: Yeah, if I was Cyclops, I'd be kind of ticked off about that. Or... Were you trying to trick
2: me? Or is she mad? Like She's like, hey, I'm Jean and I want you to come back here and, and like have a good time with me. But you didn't actually think it was me, Jean. You thought it was somebody else. So that's why I'm mad at you. Yeah, I don't have any idea. And
0: you didn't recognize your own girl, Scott? You don't
1: know me very well.
2: Oh, man, I can't do that. <laughs> you.
1: you don't know me very well, do you?
2: So she starts picking off the scar makeup. And this doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Cyclops is like, don't peel that off. May I kiss you? Scars and all?
0: It's makeup. And then Nightcrawler starts hitting on the, the witch girl.
2: You are very and brave, my dear. What happened to the cheetah girl? I don't care as long as I get some tonight. <laughs> shall we have shall we have some eyeball punch let's no so yeah so that's that's the end of the stupid issue <laughs> well no we get the back cover with Cyclops dressed as a jester there's some
0: I kind of like, even though it's cheesy
2: there's some memorabilia though I hate gestures oh yeah yeah
0: I guess you're right there's the uh, and
2: you get a splash page from uh Mark Silvestri and Dan Green circa 1987 from uh, Fall of the Mutants and then a Steve
0: leia loha interpretation of kitty pride circa x-men annual
2: eight and it's i mean drawing wise it's fine but the costume is just terrible (laughs) i can't wait till we get to the kitty pride issues because she goes through a lot of bad costumes before she settles on something that she doesn't even end up ultimately settling on because ultimately she settles on just a plain old x-men uniform yeah in current time anyways
0: She's, she's back to
2: the old blue and gold. So there you have it, everybody. Everybody. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else you want to add to this particular one?
0: I did some uh, oh. extra reading. Um, I read Avengers 164 to 166, which begs the question, Jeremy... Whatever happened to Count Nefaria?
2: (gasps) Whatever did happen to Count Nefaria?
0: Well, I got to tell you, apparently uh, in Avengers 165, we find out that he had arranged a teleportation device on his body just in case of disaster.
2: Wait a minute. So John Proudstar died for nothing? Exactly. Oh, man.
0: In the same manner, his henchmen were teleported into Valhalla Mountain and... uh, Beast is very angry about this. He says, I thought you were dead. I thought you were killed in the same blast that wiped out Thunderbird or else I'd have been hunting you down ever since alongside every other mutant who ever called himself an X-Man, even though I never once really met
2: exactly. or to Thunderbird. He was like, on but the, that's beside the point. He was on the busy screen for like a minute. I remember his busy screen image. <laughs> I read the professor's files. He seemed to be an irritated man. Those dossiers touched my heart. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that. Okay. Did the Avengers uh, the people... plot of this
0: is that Nefaria goes broke after the whole uh, Valhalla scandal. And so he hires these three villains uh, with the promise that he's going to make them super powerful. He has them rob a bank. They rob a bank and get him money. And he makes them super powerful. But the trick is that he's actually using the money to siphon their essences to make him super powerful. And then he sends them after the Avengers. And they're only super powerful for an hour or so. The Avengers defeat them pretty handily. And, uh, yeah. Oh, we also learn, interestingly enough, I don't know if you remember, but last issue it said, a new chapter for the Beast.
2: Yes, I remember you saying that. Apparently
0: the new chapter for the Beast is, the Beast, once again, feels sorry for himself. He's being ignored by the science community now. And so he goes for a walk. And it turns out that women are strangely attracted to men in blue fur, <laughs> sure, so he disappears for two days, and when he comes back, he's a ladies' man. he's like yeah i I couldn't tell uh I can't tell you where I was those last two days with tiffany amber so and so and so and so, so he was like getting it on with two women for or four women for two days. Wow, it's an animal he' so he is a He's crossed over. He's a love machine. He is now a lady's love machine. Oh, well, good for this. So this is this is the whole new and this continues. He's he's like Captain America's asking him for details, so what'd you do then? <laughs> <laughs> um They have not revealed that Captain America's shield is made out of adamantium, yet Nefaria cannot smash it with his super strength. Okay. But there's this weird plot of Nefaria or uh, is convinced by the wizard that even though he's super powerful, he's getting old, and therefore he should seek out immortality. Um, In Avengers 165, we get the first appearance of Henry Peter Gyrich. He's mysterious. He's unnamed as of yet. Um, Turns out that in Avengers 166, that Nefaria is aging really fast as a byproduct of the uh, science project that made him super powerful. But then the scientist who made him super powerful reveals to the Avengers that I actually just made all that stuff up. He's actually not aging at all. He's temporarily aging. And then in an hour, he's going to stop aging and become immortal. But Nefaria doesn't know that. So Nefaria goes nuts, smashes stuff and gets defeated very easily by the Avengers. Wah, wah. And then in the last three panels, we get a mysterious man who is seeking his children He's a bearded, white haired, uh, bearded old man seeking his children, uh, who, as he shows in a locket, are Quicksilver and Scarlet Wish. So previously we thought the Wizard was their parents. Now it turns out that this old man is their actual parent.
2: We thought the Wizard was?
0: Yeah, the, it was revealed that the Wizard was their parent. Hmm. and uh the wizard and miss america i think i don't think i knew that i i I I think i've mentioned that on a previous podcast okay but now it turns out that this old guy is might be their parent so we'll delve into that when we get into it i also read avengers annual 7 and marvel two-in-one annual 7 uh where i learned all about thanos
2: oh okay
0: uh, and Beast is there too, which is why I read it. But uh, th- I didn't know. Do you do you know anything about Thanos? Doesn't he have rings? Well, not yet. <laughs> Apparently, he is a son of uh, a, a, a a guy who lives on the, the moon of Titan. Okay. And he's the evil son. And I guess Star Fox is the good son. Oh, you remember Star Fox?
2: I do remember Star Fox. He's lame. (laughs) Star Fox was featured quite prominently in Secret Wars 2.
0: Okay. So Thanos falls in love with death. We know that, Uh, or at least I knew that. And then he, in order to win over death's heart, he finds the Cosmic Cube and becomes a god and tries to take over the uh, country, or the, the galaxy, rather. Okay. Captain Marvel destroys the Cosmic Cube and... After that, death won't have anything to do with Thanos. Hmm. But he continues to love her, and so he seeks out the six uh, six beautiful and deadly gems, which are the Infinity Gems, but we don't know that yet. Oh. At this point, there is no Infinity Glove. There is just Gauntlet. these six colorful gems, one of which he steals from the Stranger. oh hmm and i thought that was curious and the the other five he's able to steal from other places except for the soul gem which is on uh adam warlock's forehead okay and he's he's afraid to steal the soul gem
2: huh that actually seems like a kind of a cool storyline it it was that's actually two pages oh
0: (laughs) (laughs) and that was probably the most interesting part okay um the rest of it uh Thanos kills Gamora and Pippin, Adam Warlock's friends. Gamora is interesting because she will be in the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movie coming out. Hmm. Pippin, I feel like I've seen before. He's like a little
2: elf creature. No, not, not me. Anyway,
0: Adam Warlock, along with Thor and Iron Man and Captain Marvel, managed to defeat Thanos by destroying his uh, pseudo-soul gem that he created using the essence of all of the gems to create another gem. Um, but in the process, Thanos kills Adam Warlock, sending him into the Soul Gym, where Adam Warlock is, for the first time ever, happy. Then, in uh, Marvel 2-in-1 Annual, it turns out that Spider-Man has dreamed all of this, and that he is he's dreaming all of this so that he will go find Ben Grimm to fly him into space to help out, because Thanos has teleported away And managed to defeat all of the Avengers, including Thor and Iron Man and and, uh, Captain Marvel. And uh, yeah, then there are these weird gods who are overseeing everything, Master Chaos and Lord Order. And they're like, Mm -hmm. we are using Spider-Man because he is the only one who can save Adam Warlock, who can defeat Thanos. But will he do it? Oh, he's a coward. And Spider-Man runs away, but then it turns out he's not a coward. And they're like, oh, it's a good thing we chose him and Spider-Man manages to free the Avengers, and the Avengers manage to uh, defeat Thanos. Uh, Spider-Man destroys the... Well, I guess he just touches the Soul Gym, which releases Adam Warlock temporarily, which defeats, turns Thanos into a granite statue, thereby saving the day. And now Adam Warlock goes back to being dead, along with Gamora and Pippin, and Thanos is now a statue. And uh, yeah, that's how that ends. Huh. It was an interesting story, actually. I, I liked it. No, that... it was very, uh, it was very like silly writing. It was all like uh, very psychedelic and very uh, poetic. Huh. Sounds interesting. Kind of cheesy. It was.
2: It was cool. Anything else? No, that's it. That that was five issues. That was enough, man. Alright, folks, then until next time, the danger room is closed.
1: On a cold and gray Chicago morning, a poor little baby child is born in the ghetto. And his mama cries. But if there's one thing that she do not need, it's another hungry amount to feed in the ghetto. People, don't you understand?